Blog Talk Radio. Rick Lupert, how you doing? This is uh it's our monthly worldwide open reading. So glad to have you with me. It's November 2012. How did that happen? I know there's a reasonable explanation, scientific. It has to do with I don't know, the Romans or the Gregorians or the uh Phoenicians or something, but by God, it's November 2011 and uh, it's been a couple months since we've done this uh, open reading because last month, of course, we had our special contest announcement show. And I'm only allowed to do one show a month. So my wife tells me. It's too much. But I'm uh, I'm happy to have you here. My name is uh, Rick Lupert, and it's an open reading, and I'd love to have you call in and share a poem. The number to call in, of course, is 646-716-7362. You are uh, more than welcome to call in and read anything you like. Could be uh, <clears throat> could be uh, your latest poem, your oldest poem, some poem from in between those two. Could be. It could also be. Uh, uh, in addition to reading a poem, I'd love to hear what's going on in your poetry world. Uh, maybe you have a reading coming up. You want to let the world know about uh, a new book. Maybe uh, your own call for submissions or something of that nature that you'd like to get the word out about. I'd love to find out what's going on in your poetry community. That's what this show is all about, exposing as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible. So call in. The number is 646-716-7362. So as I mentioned, we, uh, we announced our uh, contest winners last week. Congratulations to the winners, and uh, thanks again to all of our sponsors and uh, and uh, our three judges who did so much work to make that a success. Uh, those of you who might be listening who entered the contest, of course you know that you um, will get a prize if you haven't already, uh, just for entering thanks to the generosity of our many sponsors. And those of you who might be listening who are sponsors, uh, just a friendly reminder that the deadline to send out your prizes uh, passed about two weeks ago, so make sure that you get that in the mail because there's about to be an annoying follow-up email. And I know no one likes that. So uh, uh, most of the sponsors have sent out their prizes, but there's a there's a handful who haven't, and I want to make sure we're all taken care of. So if any of you happen to be listening who are expecting a prize, don't worry, I'm on top of it. And if any of you happen to be listening who are sponsors who haven't sent your prizes out um, and or haven't sent me an email letting me know that they, they've gone out, please do so right away. Uh, you're late. Thank you. Also, I want to quickly mention, uh, you may have seen an email about this. Uh, there's a call for submissions. The press I run, Ain't Got No Press, uh, is uh, putting together an anthology called Ekphrastia Gone Wild. Ekphrastic poetry, or ekphrastic art really, is art that's done a piece of art that's created after having experienced another piece of art. So uh, typically, ekphrastic poetry, for example, might be something that you uh, might be a poem that you wrote after experiencing a painting, for example. Though it's not limited to that. So I'm taking poetry submissions up until the end of December, 
You can submit up to three poems. Uh, they have to be ekphrastic poems, meaning you've written these poems in response to another piece of artwork. You'll include with your submission the title of the artwork that inspired your poem, the year that it was created, and the uh, the artist, whether it's another writer, a poet, uh, 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 a painter, whoever it is, and you'll send them off. All of the guidelines are available online. Go to poetrysuperhighway.com slash A-G-N-P. That's the Ain't Got No Press website. You can also just go to poetrysuperhighway.com. I believe there's an Ain't Got No Press button in the right-hand column of our brand new website. Did you notice we have a new website? Let me talk about that in a second. More than a second, really, because I need to finish what I was talking about regarding the Ekphrastia Gone Wild anthology. So we're taking submissions up until the end of the year. Follow those guidelines. I think you have to include a bio, which is no more than 100 words. I'm really picky about that, too. If you send a bio that is 101 words, I'm going to send it back to you. Just out of principle, because the guidelines say send a bio which is maximum 100 words. What do you think in sending a 101-word bio? Probably the best advice that I could give. A lot of people ask me about uh, you know, getting published and that kind of thing. And, of course, I think the best thing you can do is write good work. And there's some things you can do to make sure that you're doing that. But um, beyond that, there's a lot of little details that you get right that you have to get right. And probably the most important one is that when you're submitting to a publication, you should follow the submission guidelines of that publication. That's really important. I've been running the Poetry Superhighway for 15 years now, something like that. I don't know, it was the 15th year of the contest. could be 16 years. I'm not sure. A long time. And, uh, you know, I know uh, that uh, as any publisher of an electronic zine or any kind of publication uh, knows, that a lot of submissions come in. And so we start to develop submission guidelines which help us manage the incoming submissions. And very often a publication will tell you, it says right in the guidelines, uh, if you don't follow any of these guidelines, we will... Not read your submission, and it'll be thrown away unread. That's what uh, that's what the guidelines used to say for a lot of places that accepted uh, physical submissions through the mail. Um, we're not quite that bad. Uh, we uh, will write back and tell you what you didn't do in terms of following the uh, guidelines, uh, but we still won't accept your submission unless you follow the guidelines that's really important um it just it just i know as a as an editor myself it's it really helps out a lot when the material that we get in uh comes in in the manner that we that we asked it for so that's really probably the best advice i could give besides writing good poetry is to make sure that you follow the submission guidelines for uh that the uh submission that the publication that you're submitting to has published. So in this case uh Ekfrastia Gone Wild uh, they're all right there on the uh, on the website. Uh, follow them. I'd love to read the work. I'm really looking for stuff that is um outside of the normal Ekfrastia box. I take a cue from the from the from the title of the anthology, Ekfrastia Gone Wild. Um, make it something interesting, something engaging, something that um, I'm really interested personally 
in accessible poetry, in in stuff that uh, someone might read uh, and enjoy, even if it's someone who might not identify as someone who normally reads poetry, the kind of stuff that they might read and say, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know poetry could be like that. You know? Um, I love humor. So think about those things. If you've got a piece that's uh, in response to another piece of art, uh, by all means, follow those submission guidelines for Ekfrasty and Gone Wild and uh, send them in. You have till the end of the year, December 31st. Uh, even if you don't have a piece, why not write one? Head off to the museum and write something. So, all right, yeah, we have a new website too. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Poetry Superhighway website, after 15 years, was finally redesigned uh, on a modern uh, platform uh, in, a, in a way that's much easier for us to update. Uh, it looks cleaner. It looks like it wasn't designed in 1994. You know what I'm saying? Or 97, or wherever it is, whenever it was that uh, the Poetry Superhighway. Uh, uh, went up, so check it out. Um, I think it's easier to easier to get around and uh, and and look at and find what you're what you're going for there. All right, let's get to the uh, let's get to the reading, shall we? The number again to call in is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Our first caller is from the eight one eight area code. Hi. Hello. Hi, who am I talking to? Ivan Dreyer. Hi, Ivan. You know, it looks like you're calling uh, from from here in the San Fernando Valley, I'm guessing, by the 818 area code? From Northridge. Uh, Northridge, yes. Uh, I've heard of it. I'm sure you have. <laughs> um, how, how's, uh, how's life in Northridge? Good day today. A little cool, but nice. Better than a lot of places, I guess. Excellent. So do you have a, a poem for us? I do, yes. I have, uh, coincidentally, a, a sort of Acrasia-themed poem, I guess. Not wild, but nevertheless, uh, along those lines. And it's entitled Diminuendo. As life's music nears its final measure and my metronome of motion slows, the movements that I now most treasure are the quieter adagios, like those by Barber and Albanoni. Stately pavans by Ravel and Foray. While stirred by fanfare and finale, I love the Largo and Andante. Over life's up-tempo beat, like mating's hot fortissimo, I find I now forswear the heat for a pianissimo of afterglow. No new allegro of ambition, scherzando of quick cars and jets, obligato of acquisition, a ritornello of regrets. And so I sit in reverie, immersed in works that soothe the soul like tunes by Delius and Debussy, a bagatelle or barcarolle. The music that I most adore, Bach's air and Mozart's clarinet. Yes, I still need to know the score, things I must do and say and get. I know I need to get somewhere, but now I need to get some air. Excellent. That's fun. So, it, was that you said it's sort of an acrostic uh, piece? Do you have a? Uh, is it? A... No, I was in response to that to the, all of the musicians and their art. All musicians, no, no, no uh, in particular individual uh, uh, artist or, or anything of that nature. Just a general response to musicians. Any one of those uh, could have sufficed. Yes. Uh, 
I'm especially fond, as I said, of, of Bach's air from his uh, uh, concerto for Opus Number Three, and and also Mozart's clarinet concerto Andante. But any one of them could have sufficed to have inspired this this uh, actually this this reflection of my life stage. Cool. Well, is there um, anything uh, that you're involved with in uh, poetry and so that you want to promote put out to? No, uh, I just wanted to say though that uh, I know that uh, what people would consider this, this very formal structure probably very antiquated. Uh, I in fact chose this kind of modified double sonnet form as an analog of the very strict formal constraints of classical music. And uh, I guess it reflects, in a way, my polarized muse, poetic muse. muse. Uh, on the one hand, uh, I hear Robert Frost saying that free verse is like playing tennis with a net down. And on the other hand, the other parties, Dylan Thomas saying, go free, do not go gentle. But I point out that even Dylan Thomas was uh, concerned with craft. In fact, he even used the word in, in the title of one of his poems, in my craft or so in art. Uh, still, I guess that uh, Frost won this one by a landslide. In, do you, in your poetry, do you mostly write uh, a, a formal verse of some kind, or do you do you reverse or other things as well? It's pretty much split. As I said, it's very polarized, uh, as just like the electric. Great. Well, um, it, it's you know it. It's antiquated in a sense in that it's 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 older than free verse, I suppose. But there are still plenty of people um, who still create this work, so it's sort of gone out. Of well, I en I enjoy actually having the the form to work against. Uh, the great film theatrician uh, Rudolf Arnheim said that art exists by virtue of its limitations, and it gives you something to work against in order to exercise your craft, which I do in the still night, as Dylan Thomas did. Interesting, yeah. You know, a lot of people might argue that art doesn't have limitations. True, and certainly that is a valid uh, point, but nevertheless, I find that sometimes having those limitations makes you, forces you to increase the the quality of your craft. So, I mean, I guess it depends on. Uh, I I certainly would agree that it's it's uh, more challenging uh, to do um, a, a form uh, or poetry in form uh, well. Um, I see a lot of poetry written in form that that doesn't move me that much, in particular in submissions that I get to Poetry Superhighway. But when it's done well. It's done really well, and it's it's it's. I know that a, a lot more work uh, went into that. Uh, I, I suppose you are. Are you saying that that free verse poetry is is free that that challenge or that onus to to create work that is that is uh, that is better? Well, I think you certainly have to be more careful when you're when you're trying to when you're approaching the writing with this structure in mind and. While I do not denigrate whatsoever the ability to write stream of consciousness and uh, the things that can come from that, 
and and the form being dictated by the content rather than the other way around. Uh, I also find that by having this kind of uh, restriction, it forces me to be very, very careful about every line, every word. And I find I do a whole lot more revision of this kind of poem than I do with the free verse. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that in this form, I'm saying exactly what I intended. Right. And I can't get away with less than that. Well, good. Well, Ivan, thanks so much for calling in and uh, and talking with me a little bit about your process, etc. You're very welcome. All right, call in again. It was uh, Ivan Dreyer calling from uh, Northridge, California, just up the street from where I am. Good to good to hear. Um, good to hear him and an interesting conversation. It'll be interesting to see what other other poems come uh in uh in in this show uh with that having set sort of the uh the context for the rest of the show the number to call in is 646-716-7362 we don't have uh, despite that we don't have any content or style restrictions uh so you're more than welcome to read anything of of any kind uh and uh and if you have something to share about what's going on in your poetry world uh, we'd love to hear that too. Our next caller is from the 805 area code. Hello. See, it'll be a while before they say hello because they're listening on the computer and not the phone. Hello, 805. There's a delay. Hi. Who's this? Uh, my name is Consuelo Marshall. Hi, Consuelo. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hello? I'm here. I'm here quiet. (laughs) Where are you calling from? Um, Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach. Fantastic. Sunny but cold, I would bet. Yes. Breezy. Cool. Consuela, do you have a poem for us? I do. I do. And it's um, not exactly an ephrastic poem, but it has something to do with it, so... Uh, do you want me to just read it? Sure. Yeah. Let me clarify. I, I did talk a lot about the Ekphrastic Poetry Anthology at the beginning, but I, uh, that's just a project I wanted people to know about. So I, I'd love to hear Ekphrastic Poetry, but but the the purpose, you know, this show is open to any kind of poetry. Um, uh, so uh, absolutely, please. Okay. All right. Um, this this poem um, is actually an homage to a, another writer who actually lives in Huntington Beach, and uh, he's best known for his fiction. His name is Ron Carlson. Mm. The, the title of the poem is Writer Motion, homage to Ron Carlson. I could probably walk to the writer's house up near the stables. He stood on the campus stage, told us to sit still in a room alone with a computer, a journal, and a pencil. I see him in a room larger and neater than mine. Shelves of books line one side, grouped by subject. The walls are wood paneled, and the floor is a practical gray-brown. On the wall are a few framed awards and a bulletin board with a dog-eared calendar next to a handwritten quote by Kurt Vonnegut. I wonder when was the last time he grabbed his wife 
swing her to the band in a country western bar or swam in the Pacific until his toes became numb, heart crashing in on his chest. Wow, that was great and very well read, too. Thank you. Um, I, I I wonder that that I, I since we were talking about it, um, there is sort of an ekphrastic, uh, or I wonder if people in general with uh, with any um, familiarity with ekphrastic poetry would would allow that to uh, be entered into the canon since it's about a a writer, the canon of ekphrastic poetry. That is, what do you think? I think it would just. I think it'd be a boy. You know, it'd have to slip under the wire because, uh, you know, I'm I'm not really, really, I'm sort of addressing his writing, but I, I'm, you know, it's, I think the definition of ekphrastic as well as I know it is that you take one piece of art and uh, contrast it, you know, with it, with it, you know, to, you know, discuss it or explain it or contrast it and, uh, Right, so maybe maybe discussing the artist is uh, its itself in this case an author a writer uh, would not necessarily fit exactly in that, but uh, but that's okay. Um, I enjoyed the poem a lot, uh, Consuela. Is there anything? Are you involved with poetry uh, in uh, in in Huntington Beach or in, in Southern California at all? Anything that you want to give a shout out to? No, uh, boy, I'd like to just I guess. Um say that there's a lot uh, going on in uh, Long Beach. I, I graduated from, got my MFA at Long Beach State University, and so most of what I do, um, I don't really have anything going on. I just finished a manuscript. I'm real happy about that. But um, there's a lot going on in um, Long Beach, a lot of great poets, and, and there's a few people and a few things going on in Huntington Beach. Cool. Well, thanks so much for calling in. I hope to hear more of your work. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for the show. Pleasure. All right, that was uh, Consuela calling from Huntington Beach, (coughs) Southern California. Um, Moving on, our next caller. Well, actually, let me give the number out one more time. It's 646-716-7362. Our next caller, uh, well, looks like we're staying in California, but perhaps moving up to Northern California. caller from the 416. Hi, very good. Hi. Hi there. How are you doing, Rick? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Uh, this is James Carraway. How are you doing? Hello? Yeah, can can you hear me, James? I, I keep yeah, I can yeah, you're cutting in and out, but it's I'm on a landline, so I'm not quite sure why. So so anyway, I have um, I'm in your archives. I published with you some years ago, and uh, good to hear your uh, good to hear your show going up. And I've been listening a lot to uh, T. L. Stokes, and I've uh, been enjoying a lot of the other poets as well. So I really appreciate that you're doing this. That's wonderful. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from north of uh, San Francisco, about 40 miles, right up on the border of uh, Marin Sonoma County lines. Can you hear me any better that way? I I haven't had a problem hearing you at all. I, 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 
You're not having any problem hearing me at all? Okay, good. Okay, well, I'll just keep talking until you interrupt. <laughs> so. Poem for us, James. Say again? Could you please read your poem for us? Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. This is called Graves County Courthouse, Kentucky, 1947. Child's lonesome don't know why, looking up at the water fountain in the courthouse basement under a southern cross sign, pointing toward the water of life, saying, colored only. You don't drink out of that in Jimmy. Well, how come? Well, that one's for colored folks. Oh. Echoes off white and black tile and slurps through small lips. Cool, wet, flat, learning taking place. Trusted hands holding a little waist and dangling brown shoes, slipping beliefs in small back pockets. Thank you, Mom Mac. Why you welcome, sugar? You're getting so big you won't be able to won't be able to pick you up pretty soon. You just keep growing like a weed. I got a tinkle, Mama Mac. Graduation about to begin at shuffle. Holding wrinkled old fingers of forever accepted truth, skipping under generations arch to trust my diploma guided by signs that speak white only toward grown-up porcelain statues with silver holes below the floor holding acrid yellow lessons and pats on young backs furrowing innocent smile under to be forsaken i'm done mom mac you getting to be such a big boy let's go now sugar pop mac's waiting okay mom mac that's it job james uh in Enjoyed that. Uh, uh, enjoyed the dialect in it. Yeah, that's where I'm from. I was born in Kentucky and, and raised in Detroit. Northern California is a whole world of a difference from both of those places. Yeah, well, it's, it was a very important piece when I wrote it. I mean, it's just that the historical illiteracy, no matter what the time and date, for me, is just not an ignorance. It's a form of ingratitude. I mean, we've been fighting these kinds of things for a long time, and poetry and and plays and talk and just general compassion kind of, you know, lead the way to, to undo this, because it still goes on today. We both know that on a lot of different levels. It's not only about skin color, but it's also about gender and everything else, so... That's that's what brought it on because I, it's like living in a different kind of universe to be raised there and then to go into a position where it's multicultural and multi multiracial and it uh, helps open the eyes. That's indeed. Well, uh, Jim, so much for calling in. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time so and, and and glad to hear your poem. Well, good. I appreciate the time to do it then. All right. Uh, and again, that was uh, James calling from. Uh, uh, Northern California, north of San Francisco a bit. Uh, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. We're going to move now to our next caller who is from the 425 area code. Hello. Hello, Rick. How are you doing? Thanks. Who's this? This is T.L. Stokes in Fall City. Funny. I mean, funny in that you were just mentioned by James. I know. He's a good friend of mine. It was funny to hear him reading. Fall City, uh, where's that again? Washington. Fall City, Washington. Okay. 
So uh, is your connection with our or with James, our previous caller, uh, through through poetry circles, or did you actually live in the same place at, at one point? Oh, I've known him for quite a few years, and um, and yeah, we're just the greatest friends. He lives down in Northern California, and I'm way up here, so we, you know, we talk a lot by phone and and talk about the weather and that kind of thing. But yeah, he's just a, a real good, real fine individual. Great, he's a writer and musician. So wonderful, that's great. Um, well, uh, TL, do you have a poem for us? I do. Uh, this is an older piece. Um, it's written about a woman that I knew quite a few years ago. Uh, it's called Lepidoptera. The smallest moth, called a leaf miner, drinks from a bendy straw on her chin, breathes through her skin, tastes with her feet. This poem is not about upstairs Carol fried cobweb hair floating out from the halo of her cave woman face, peering through the cracked door, fish-eyed, tottering, bone chimes. Moth in the attic, come closely to the light, let me let you out. It is not about how she was like water in my hand as we stumbled down the stairs one at a time. I was a column to lean against. She was something wild and dying. This is not about the night the power was cut and no soft Christmas lights slipped the staircase railing, the ones she liked to turn on every evening, even in March. It is not about what the end will be or how they carried her away to the salmon brick walls on Harbor Hill. It is about the moth is gone, leaving powdery messages on the window one of her four wings unhooked and folded like a sheet. Very nice to you. Thank you, Eric. I love the, uh, the, the phrasing, um, what, was it wild and dying? Something? Yes. Yeah, this was a woman that lived upstairs from me in a little house in the, in the small town of Snoqualmie, Washington. And um, she had some major drug and alcohol problems. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of fascinating when you're a neighbor, some of the things that you experience. And she had a young son, so I tended to kind of keep an eye out for him. But, uh, yeah, we we draw from our experiences for our work, you know, writing poetry. Right. Anything else? uh, Is anything going on in your poetry world you want to share? Uh, I just finished a manuscript, so I'm hoping it'll be out sometime next year. And uh, um, a friend of mine, um, actually my brother's friend, his name is Derek Sheffield. Uh, I just heard this last week. He just came out with a new book. I think it's something like Second Skin, and he's a Seattle poet. Uh, Really, really fine work, so I'm putting a little plug in for him. Nice. I'm sure he appreciates it. Well, congratulations on the on the upcoming manuscript, and the best of luck to you in in getting it out there. Uh, thank you so much. We're calling in again. Good to hear your voice. Okay, thanks so much, Rick. Bye. It's uh, T. L. Stokes from Fall City, Washington, a repeat offender here on Poetry Superhighway. 
Someone who actually has participated in Poetry Superhighway projects for many years. Good to good to hear her. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> half the show, it's gone. But the good part is we've got half the show left. Think of the potential. The number to call in is 646-716-7362. You could Skype in, too, if you chose to. Uh, we've got a bunch more callers on. We're going to get to them. This is the half-hour mark. Uh, typically, at this point in the show... Um, I would um, I, I sometimes play a spoken word track, and I um, have not uh, I, I di- haven't received a new submission of a spoken word track since our last show, so I have nothing new to play for you. So allow me to use this opportunity to put out a call for submissions of spoken word tracks uh, for this segment of the show. Something that's just a few minutes long, something that's different than you just giving a straight reading of your poems, something maybe that's mixed with music or is recorded in a particular way. could even be a live track, I suppose, but something that's uh, unique to the um, to the media of, of, of spoken, uh, spoken word with some sort of production value to it. Um, if you listen through the archives of uh, past Poetry Superhighway live shows, you'll find a, a number of uh, examples of that kind of thing. Um, just another way to uh, to um, present your work at the half-hour mark. So if you've got something, uh, send it to me uh, via email. Send me an MP3 at rick at poetrysuperhighway.com. And I'll, excuse me, poetrysuperhighway.com. And I'll take a listen, and uh, it's possible that we'll play it right here uh, on a future edition of this show at the half-hour mark. Again, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 310 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Rick. It's Marie Lecrevain. How are you? Good, Marie. How's it going? It's good. How are you? You know, you've already asked me that. I'm sorry. I know I tend to repeat myself and I'm a little nervous. But um, I have but a poem. It's a Day of the Dead poem. May I read it? Absolutely. Yes, please. Okay. It's called La Santísima Muerte. You know, the Day of the Dead from Alvaro Street in Mexico, the figure of death that walks around you'll usually find in Alvarez Street. And contrary to popular opinion or uh, myth, it's actually a woman figure. So here we go. La Santísima Muerte. On the night of Dia de los Muertos, Santa Muerte appears on Alvarez Street. The crowds part in her presence, solicitous and reverent, and a crowd of white-faced devotees follow in her wake, hands extended for the benediction of bone against flesh. Her delicate feet brush against trails of marigolds, strewn in loving tribute to that long-ago time when she could walk among the living without the presence of the cross and the fire. As Santa Muerte walks Alvera Street, husbands cleave to wives with nine levels of devotion, and those women smile as their wombs warm with the promise of new life kindled by the fear of annihilation. Her bald grin shocks crying babies into silence as they stare, wide-eyed and unbelieving, in karmic recognition of First Mother, who sang paper-dry lullabies and cradled each of them in her dusty arms as she guided their souls from old engines into new, and a host of silver strings within tiny hearts thrown with longing. Santa Muerte lingers among ofrendas that decorate the plaza, her white cerements glowing blue from the neon splendor of downtown lights that deepen the depth of her sightless orbs as she dances with the calacas in time to snapping fingers and panpipes, that weave rhythms and ribbons of time to bind the past to the present, to the future, to this moment, 
and with one last silent laugh, she disappears into the night. Free to say that we've actually been listening to your podcast here among my friends. <laughs> wow, it's um, it's really think had to bring your own audience. Uh, <laughs> we've been having fun listening to you, so but thanks for doing this every month. It's a lot of fun. My pleasure. Um, peace. I, I love the uh, Los Muertos genre of stuff. Or just to bring that to you. As well, uh, congratulations, by the way, on the alternate length anthology that you recently put together, and thanks so much for including Well, thank you, and thank you for including your work, and we'll be seeing you next month at the Cobalt, right? Uh, yes, we will. Yay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, cool. Um, have got on you want to plug while you're here? Uh, yes, I think you said it was December 17th. Um, we'll have this, the reading for Alternate Lanes, an anthology of alternate travels through Los Angeles. Uh, the featured reader will be April Sky, and one more to be announced. Still tracking that person down. But we're, but we'll be there with anthologies, and I'll be there with various and sundry baked goodies. So, Lovely. Everyone come on down. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right, Marie, good to hear you as always. And uh, next time, and I'll see you next month. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi. That was uh, Marie from uh, here in Southern California. Uh, She publishes Poetic Diversity, uh, the online uh, zine of Southern California. And and under her uh, press, uh, just released the um, anthology Alternate Lanes, which you can uh, find all over the place, Amazon, etc. Sort of an anthology about uh, driving, etc., which, um, of course, speaks to us in in a certain way here in Southern California. Um, all right, our next caller is from the nine one nine area code. Hello. Hello, Rick. Yeah. Hello. This must be Harry Calhoun. How are you? Sure. Can you hear me? I'm cutting out today because a lot of people are having trouble hearing me. Are you not hearing me? I I did. I hear. I'm hearing you now. I'm hearing you fine. Yeah. I have to uh, hit my computer upside the head and see if that fixes it. Well, maybe you have to hit me upside the head and fixes me. That would help. Certainly, I've been spending enough time in therapy to to, to fix that. I I don't know that it's you though, because you're the second person who said they've they've had trouble hearing. So um, so I'm going to take responsibility for this uh, uh, and and do all the hitting on this end. Could be a could be a two way street. Anyway, it's good to hear your show again. I, I I recognize some of the callers, and it's good to hear them again also. So I think we're going from Northern California to Southern California. And now we're in North Carolina. So very good. As long as there's a compass direction, you know, that can be described. I think we're in good shape. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, I'm glad to be uh, back on the show again. I I actually missed the last show where. Uh, where you had the contest winners, which was very entertaining. When I listened to the uh, rebroadcast, that was very nice. Yeah, I was uh, I was thrilled with it. Um, it was uh, it, w- it was a great show and a, a great contest. I, I have no complaints about it, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Good to hear the previous caller mention April Skies also, because I got the anthology of uh, women's poetry, uh, which featured April Skies, and was very pleased with that. So thank you for that. 
got a prize for entering the contest. Yeah, very, very great. And, and I also got some good feedback on my uh, the two chapbooks that I sent out as a, a prize for uh, uh, one of the other poets who, who uh, won a prize in the con- uh, contest, and uh, they were very happy with that. So good good all the way around, Rick. Thanks for, spons- thanks for sponsoring that. Sure, no problem. So let's hear your poem. Okay, well, I'm, I'm working on a, uh, a full-length book, I'm happy to say, uh, for Interior Noise Press out of Austin, Texas. And uh, this is uh, one of the poems from a manuscript. I have uh, some of the poems which are a little um, unusually confessional and, and personal for me. And uh, this is one of those poems. Uh, it's called You Never Know. You Never Know. I woke up this morning, and you were next to me, and I thank God and the clock said 5.22 a.m., and you never know when love is true or something snatched away from you. And looking down at the page, I realized that internally this all rhymes, although I didn't mean it to. Anyway, the world has done bad things to us, my love, and sometimes I have to reach for the physical touch of your body to reassure me that we are still us. I rise on my elbow like some sea monster, to read that digital face, to see that it's now 5.27, and I've made it five minutes into another day. And you never know when that won't happen. I've seen a day when I stared death in the face, and death wasn't scary. It was just me being weak. My lesson as I stumbled from the hospital was fight death as long as you can, and faith and love will bring you back. It's five-something in the morning, and my hand is secure on your arm, and I know that for now I can rest. Later today, translate faith into belief, live, cling, let go of it all, sleep again. You learn the precious lessons of weakness, of love, how to get along and even thrive, but you never know when the body you cling to desperately will be taken, will be borne sweetly and suddenly away. You never know. I get up from my bed, put my feet on the floor, and consider the miracle that once again today I can walk. That's it. Nice job. You do never know, Harry. Yeah. And once something kind of catastrophic like that has happened in your life, it's... uh, you just sort of consider that every day. I I, I go to the gym and I have an exercise I do. I was telling my wife about this this morning where... I stand on one leg and then I stand on the other leg and balance for like 20 seconds. And every time I do that, I just sort of say a, a silent thank you because uh, there was a time when I just couldn't do that. And it's just the little things just mean so much to you after that. So, And there's a lot of that in this new book. That's great. So when uh, when will this book come out? Well, it's still it's still under consideration by the publisher, which is uh, Inter- Interior Noise uh, Press out of uh, Austin, Texas, and I, I have every faith that the publisher will like the manuscript. It's a full-length book, 150 pages long, uh, the longest thing I've ever done, really, and um, it should be out uh, at some point, probably mid to late 2013. So it'll it'll take a while to get it uh, put together and published, but I have faith that it'll be out sometime in 2013. I hope so. Cool. Well, Harry, it's always good to hear you on the show. Thanks for calling in. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Rick. And uh, like I said, a pleasure hearing the other people reading. I'm going to stick with you and uh, listen to the rest of the show. Thanks very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, Take it easy. That was uh, Harry Calhoun calling from Raleigh, North Carolina. 
Um, uh, someone who uh, has has been a repeat offender here on Poetry Superhighway. Um, I was just checking on the uh, past poets of the week archive, and it looks like uh, he was last a poet of the week in uh, in 2011. In the uh, <laughs> uh, towards the uh, last third of the year, so you can check out some more uh, work from there. Actually, if you just do a search for Harry Calhoun, you'll find his website as well, which you can check out. So, great! Thanks so much for calling in, Harry. Uh, we've got a few more callers. Uh, and about 15 minutes left in the show, so we might be able to squeeze one or two more if you want to call in. The number is 646-716-7362. Our next caller is... Hey, how are you? 256, you there? Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is Gary. Hey, Gary. How are you? I think I've been on your show once before I called in. It's been a while back, though. That's great. Gary, where are you calling from? Uh, Alabama. Alabama. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's phone for us? Uh, yeah, I'm going to read this piece called uh, A Great State of Fun. Go ahead. Right. Okay. If the USA was a giant playground, one big amusement park, an adventurous roller coaster ride, Roller coaster from sunny California to sunshine in Florida. Boredom for me would not be an option, for I make Mary go round, starting one long island from New York to Hawaii to the six flags flying over Texas and Georgia. I put a new hamster named Shire inside of a Ferris wheel and take the Dakota twins, Arizona and Vermont, north and south for a spin. Sporting a derby made in Kentucky, I watch siblings, West Virginia, and Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana long hair blowing the wind. I drain the salt out of Utah lakes and fear the Grand Canyon, along with the Great Lakes of Michigan, the Missouri River, and Colorado Springs, to make a enormous swimming pool in the Great Smoky Mountains, cover it, and call it Tennessee. And Oz Wizard named Harry Potter can touch. I create a section called Old Faith of Wyoming, packed with Ohio Buckeyes and Owls from Owls and Little Rocks from Arkansas. Yellow stones and metal with grasses of four V clover, so that everybody can walk on luck. With a heart for fun, I connect and cut the plains and grasslands to make one huge state fair, where you can have your state and eat it too. Like sweet cotton candy from the cotton bowl of Southern Bell, Alabama. Fried Creole gator on a stick straight from the swamps of Louisiana. Chicago day dogs made by a soldier named Gary from Indiana. Kansas barbecue and Boston baked beans. New Mexico tacos, Oklahoma bison burgers with cheese from Wisconsin and juicy Atlanta peaches. While I enjoyed eating seafood while relaxing on the Carolina beaches, Maine lobster and Alaska pink salmon and Oregon ducks and Washington red apples, popcorn fresh popped from the corn frills of Nebraska and Idaho french fries, gallons of country lime strawberry lemonade and Mississippi mud pies. Every day in this park for amusement would be like the 4th of July. And to celebrate our independence, the mission, the mission for all veterans would be free. There will be a magical gold power ball in Las Vegas and Atlantic City and a winner every hour in every state lottery from Nevada to New Jersey. Smooth like Philadelphia cream cheese, it will be a city of brotherly love. No D.C., district crime, and no Rhode Island. But pretty Puerto Rican Della, beware. I will make USA a wonderland even Alice and Maryland would envy and truly unite all the states, loaded down with funds, 
Lots of fun, games, and ride, and I call it a land of good and plenty. That's it. Sounds like a place I want to visit, Gary. <laughs> well, you're in one of those states. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always gooder and plentier on the other side of the fence. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I got you. I got you, yeah. Thank you for letting me share. No problem. You got a website or anything you want to shout out to? Is there any, no, I, any... Just a, I just got a Facebook page. You can hit me on page, Facebook, Gary Malone, uh, right. in Athens, Alabama. But no, I don't, I don't have anything like that. City did you say? Hmm? What city did you say you're in? I said Athens, Alabama. Athens, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of your work in the future? Yeah, yeah, I, I'll be sharing. Uh, uh, right now, I'm in the process of preparing a manuscript for a little uh, a booklet called "Changing the World One Male at a Time" that is directed at uh, young men, young males from ages. 10 to 21. Uh, it's a little small booklet. I'm I'm trying to get it uh, out there where to, uh, to get it published, and hopefully I can get it in the in the hands of these young males. That sounds great. Well, the best of luck to you in doing so. All right. Well, thank you, thank you. And I always enjoy your show, man. I'm a, you have a such a wide range of of uh, poetry. You know, I like the different styles and the different. Formats and everything from different people, so I really enjoy listening whenever I'm able to catch your show. But I'm gonna fall back and let you uh, get in a couple more pours before your time run out. And I thank you for letting me share. My pleasure, Gary. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks for the nice words. That was uh, Gary uh, calling from Athens, Alabama, sharing uh, his poem with us, um, and uh, and great. So all right, we do have uh, two more callers and ten more minutes. So I, I we might be able to get a third one in if you want to give it a try. Um, two one. I'm sorry. Uh, if the call-in number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Moving right along to. Uh, uh, looks like it's Don from California. Hi, Don. Hey, hey, Rick. You fade in and out, and I think I'm the fourth <laughs> who has mentioned this. So I don't know what is happening. I hope that you're able to correct it or whatever is happening to you um, ceases. It's not good to have you fade in and out. Hello? You just entered the space station. Ah, the space station. Ah, that's what it is. Okay. This poem I'm going to do is called The Cliché. It's in tight rhyme. Hey, everybody. We all tight rhyme. It's going to be said anyway, buddy. The cliche. Acknowledge the cliche which is said every day. Unwind what it says, then twist it up in such a way so it smells like a new bouquet never known by another nose before. Something which you don't dare to write or speak or pray, then walk away, walk away. Come back to write on that type day which mirrors today, the day on which you lay down on the nude pages the wisdom of the newer sages. Don't delay, don't delay. This time of life has value because 
nothing goes unseen and no one is sentenced to life as a cliché in text. Yeah, they'd only really need a few hours of that to get the message, I'd think. Yeah, and so I'm going to put that up on the chat if I can, his book, and um, it is a good memoriam to him. Uh, I guess the notable thing about him is that he was uh, nominated for a Pulitzer Prize in 1977 for, uh, for uh, a book of poems. Fantastic. Don, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, uh, there was something odd going on with your sound as, as well. Uh, it sounded like you uh, were shot into outer space. Um, uh, but I guess that's fine, since I was fading in and out. It was it was really only fair. Thanks for reading your piece and that other short piece as well by Eugene Ruggles. I see you uh, posted in the uh, in the chat room there. That's from uh, uh, his book Roads of Bread uh, from Petaluma River Press, 2009. Uh, so you can check that that out uh, if you'd like. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, moving on to our next caller. Uh, Waiting to talk, it's, it's uh, oh gosh, they just dropped. Okay, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Uh, unless someone wants to call in really quickly right now. Um, uh, that is all of our callers for today. I want to thank everyone for, <coughs> excuse me, for calling in. Uh, I want to thank Ivan Dreyer from Northridge, California. Consuela from Huntington Beach. Uh, James from Northern California. T.L. Stokes from Fall City, Washington. Uh, Marie from here in Southern California, who was nice enough to bring her own audience to the show, since I keep forgetting to upload the uh, the applause sound effect. That's very thoughtful. Um, Harry Calhoun from Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Gary from Athens, Alabama. And Don from Sonoma, California. Really good to have you all uh, uh, calling in uh, uh, this month to the show. Um, our next show will be December 9th, 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. Uh, same deal. It's going to be a worldwide open reading. Uh, anyone is welcome to call in and uh, share a piece um, of, uh, without any content or style restrictions. Would love to hear what it is that you uh, that you have to uh, have to say your poem, more about what's going on in your poetry world, and spread the word about it. Let your friends know that you're going to be calling into the show, so they can tune in and we can expand the reach of uh, of where poetry is reaching. <laughs> expand the reach of where poetry is reaching. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. Um, a quick reminder, I am taking submissions through the end of next month uh, for Ekphrastia Gone Wild, the anthology of poetry or uh, uh, poems uh, written in response to other works of art. are really wide open to what that could mean, so uh, uh, use your own interpretation and uh, and send something. You can find all of the submission guidelines um, by going to Poetry Superhighway and clicking on the Ain't Got No Press a button which is in the uh, right-hand column, the sidebar of the website, and all of the uh, guidelines are there. Also, uh, there's also a link to it. If you get the uh, Poetry Superhighway weekly newsletter, you'll see uh, a classified ad towards the end which uh, talks about uh, that as well. Or I suppose you could just click on classifieds on the website. There's so many ways you could find out the information, uh, but do send something in. There's uh, plenty of time at this point. Uh, we have until the end of next month. Even when we get to this show on December 9th of next month, there'll still sort of be plenty of time, a few weeks left, but then uh, then time will be up. This is your only chance to be considered for this anthology. After December 31st, uh, it's over. So thanks, everyone, again for uh, for calling in. Uh, just a reminder that if you've got a spoken word track uh, that you'd like me to consider playing during the spoken word track segment of the show, which usually happens about the half-hour mark, uh, please do email it to me. Email me an MP3 at uh, rick at poetrysuperhighway.com. We'll take a listen, and, if it's, uh, and, and it's uh, quite possible it'll get played during that segment of the show. All right. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, have a great rest of your day.